Welcome to Splainin', the podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't, yeah. I am Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. Welcome, Evan, to this amazing episode. Do I normally say explain things or do I say splain things? It should be splain. Although... But what's the general... No, 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 it's explain. It is explain. We it don't abbreviate explained. in the formal introduction. No, our elevator pitch is formal. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, the colloquialism only exists amongst ourselves and close friends. Right. It's not the elevator at, like, the TD building downtown. It's, like, the elevator at the Ritz or, like, a, like a nice, bougie delta. Yeah. Like, our elevator pitch is for a formal... Like Although the TD building, I'd still say explain. Have you been in that elevator? No. It's not nice. I feel like every elevator is nice except for the Arts and Culture Center elevator. <laughs> that thing is the, rickety. The, it's just a freight elevator. <laughs> so you can actually put in a sofa. Yep. Lie down for the 45 seconds it takes you to get upstairs. Honest to God. But that's the kind of elevator where, where colloquialism lives. Man, I'm having a hard time. Doing what? Talking. Speaking. Oh, oh, okay. Like normal. Right. Yeah. As per usual. As per usual. So we had a fantastic week last week. We had Pete in. Talk Scientology, which, by the way, I do need to let you know, I'm $800 in. <laughs> I've had my first audit. Are you a Thetan yet? Or you got uh, some Thetans? I got some Thetans to do. Yeah. That was one thing I, I was confused about. Were you? was like, the Thetan thing was like, sometimes you are, like you, when you get rid of your Thetans, yeah. you become a something Thetan. A Thetan destroyer. No, no, no. Like, he said a thing that was like, you want to try and be a blank Thetan. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I was like, but isn't the Thetan the th- like the demon that's on your shoulder that you want to get rid of? Like the emotional I'm not turmoil? sure if Scientology is sure. I'm not sure either. No. I uh, think Pete is sure. If anyone is, is sure. <laughs> he is sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but it was a fun episode. It, it was, was great so having fun. him in. It's, and it's... we have lots of more guests coming up, which is super, super exciting. Well, I locked down one recently. We haven't even announced it, but should I just say no, it? No, don't do it. Don't? Yeah. I'm gonna. We can get it if you want. Go on by tell the world. Well, tell the world our, our dear, secrets. Our dear friend Phil Goodridge. You know Felipe. he's good. It's in his name. Yep. As is Ridge. He's like a mountain range. Yeah. Of which emotion. is good. It's great. Yeah. Which is good. He likes to fill them. Whoa! I said boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> that should be our new bleep sound. Rather than oh, actually bleeping. What a great idea. We just take a still clip of me going, meh, 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 and that goes in. And that goes in. Dude, meh, 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 an idea. <laughs> yeah. we will, actually, we won't even care. No. We'll, uh, we'll manually bleep it ourselves. <laughs> You'll count me in in real life when you're yeah. about to say it, and I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, nice. Great. Cool. We'll come up with a hand gesture or something. Excellent. Anyway. Middle Phil finger go- would suffice. Thank you. <laughs> um, Phil Goveridge is going to come on, and he's going to explain fear. I know. Well, see, Phil is obsessed with horror movies, which I cannot relate to. No. On any level. No. Um, I enjoy them, but like I will never seek them out. I don't want to talk about them until Phil's comes on. I don't want to give away my stories about them. Great. But I don't enjoy them, and I don't seek them out. Great. In fact, like if I go to a movie and a horror film um, trailer trailer comes on, I will focus on my popcorn. Oh. Yeah. Do you not... Focus on your popcorn any other time? Like actively, that's like I look at it while I eat it. When yeah, I watch a movie, I, bet, I bet you do that normally anyway, similar to chips. No. No, no, no. It's no. <laughs> a hobgoblin. Like, yeah, but I just don't even need to look at them because I'm so no. I'm such an expert at eating them. I just I like, can stare forward uh, while well filling trained. my mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like with popcorn, it's such an exponential growth to the rate in which you eat them. Like you start with one, then you have two, 
then you have four in your hand. Before you know it, your hand full, then you're scooping it with your arm. Right, and you're like, you're just putting it inside your mouth, but like half of it's not even making it And the bag is there under your chin, just collecting the residual popcorn. Right, it's falling to the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's zero to 100 real quick. Literally, like 100 pieces. Yeah, yeah. at once. Yeah, yeah. And a handful. Mm. Indeed. Uh, I have some corrections from last week. Do you? I do indeed. Do you? I don't. Oh, too bad. I guess you weren't. You're correcting Pete or like things that we Just all said. of the above. Okay. All of the above. Uh, so we talked about tenons in wine and whether or not they were good or bad. Oh, tan- tannins. Tannins. T-A-N-N-I-N-S. One N at the end. T-A-N-N-I-N-S. Yeah, one N at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And we said whether they're good or bad. Like, do we get rid of the tannins or do we keep the tannins? Was it you who said that tans are the things in the bottom of the wine, which are technically sediment, right? No. You didn't say that, or that's I didn't not what say it is? That. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was just a chemical in it that gets released when you, like, irrigate the bottle. Okay. It could be. I'm not sure. But essentially, uh, tannins are a matter of personal taste. Okay. That tasting the difference between tannins uh, in wine and acidity. It's different for every palate, but generally tannins taste bitter, uh, and it gives your mouth a dry feeling. And after drinking wine that's very tannic, you may still feel a residual bitterness throughout your mouth. But what is a tannin? I think it's just a chemical in the wine. Oh, okay. I guess. Like added in or occurs naturally in fermentation? I think it occurs naturally in, in, in fermentation. Cool. I guess I didn't really go that much into detail. I gotcha. just couldn't decide whether or not it was good or bad. So I just right. let you know it's a matter of taste. Well, very good. Yeah. It's a preference thing. Indeed. Um, you had me at hello. Remember that? That quote from the Tom Cruise movie that I said? I was like, you had me at hello. It's not from a Tom Cruise movie. It's from a Tom Hanks movie. That's incorrect. It is Tom Cruise. You had me at hello was Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise in the movie Jerry Maguire. Well, so then why are you correcting it? Because you said exactly what you just said. (laughs) In the episode, I said, you had me at hello. You're like, that's not Tom Cruise. It's Tom Hanks. I'm like... I'm and you thought it was oh. Sleepless in Seattle. Oh yeah. No, it is Tom Cruise. I also it is uh, Jerry Maguire. I just remembered based on that. I have another correction of myself that I actually while I while it came out of my mouth, I went, "That's not right, Evan." But sure. I just like no one else corrected me, so I just kept going and just let it be truth. Sure. We said something about Tom Tom Cruise movies, and you said. He's just flying and dancing, something, something, something. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, from like, Top Gun to Flashdance. And I was like, he's not a Flashdance. Kevin flash Bacon dance. is in Flashdance. Yeah. But like, even when I said it, I was like, that's not right. But I just like let it no, go. No, let it go. And so did everyone else. And it's I was okay. Like, this is, I don't mind. No. But thank you. Hey, cheers to honesty. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and we'll clink. Let's see and, if we can hear clink. Yeah. Cheers to honesty, buds. Cheers to being honest. Um, Next. More. Oh, yeah. So we talked about Katie Holmes and uh, Tom Cruise getting married. And when did they get married? Oh, yeah. I looked this one up, too. Yeah. So they got married in 2006, between 2006 and 2012. Which is what I had originally thought. Yes. Whereas yeah. um, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman was much earlier. 1990. Yep. 9-0. Yep. Which was shocking to me. Yeah. I, I, I did think that Nicole Kidman was earlier than 2006. I was like, that must be Katie Holmes. Yep. Um, but I couldn't believe that it was 1990. Yep. So that's just a little correction. And then finally, this is a correction for myself, but more so a little bit of like a a justification. So I confused very, very early on. Mm. I confused, um, uh, what's his nibs? Oh, my God. L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard? Yes. L. Ron Hubbard with Joseph Smith. Yes. For Mormon and Scientology. Right. But what I really confused in my head was Brigham Young. I was, thought it was a stretch that you were like, wait, did I think Joseph Smith? I was like, how would you have thought that? No, because in my head, L. Ron Hubbard, I was thinking of 
Um, this other guy. Yeah, the other guy, uh, Brigham Young, just like a strange name. Who was the head of Mormon? No, well, oh. actually, Joseph Smith was the head of Mormon. Oh, okay. But when Joseph Smith passed away, Brigham Young became the leader of the Mormons after uh, that. And that's a weird name. And that's a weird name. You know what I mean? So yep. that was my— that, that checks out much more than Joseph Smith. Than Joseph Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those are my corrections from last week. So yeah, your brain was like, there is a connection from that to Mormonism. There is strange name, strange person, yes. to strange religion. Yes. Joseph Smith isn't the strange name. No, it is not. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that you got there. Yeah. Take, took right. an extra week, but we're there. And we are. So I'm just going to take my jacket off. I too am going to take my jacket off. Listen, I got to take the tarp off. Oh my God. Scalded here. What do you got the heat turned on? Uh, no, it'll cut out now, actually. It cuts out at 9.30. Or actually, oh. I think that's at a nine. Jeez, Take your other one off too, are you? Yeah. Oh, you incorporated it into your song? Yeah. I'm not against it. Me either. Nope. All right. So, shall we dive into an amazing episode? Always let's dive. What do you think? Let's do a... Um, what different types of dives? Can we do like a one where like you spin in the air and then dive? There's a swan dive. There's uh, what's a swan dive? You just dive like a swan. Well, what's the one where you do, like do a somersault? I think it's called a somersault dive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a somersault dive. Deal. I want you to like jump, spin me around in the air, so it's like what's happening, and then hit the water. Deal. Okay, great. Okay, okay, cool. Um, all right. So, are you ready for a big explain? This one is on volcanoes. <laughs> Just like that. When, when we had our uh, last episode on Mount Vesuvius, there was a lot of, like, unanswered questions and, like, a lot of, like, really deep-rooted things about volcanoes that we kind of just passed by. I couldn't go into them. No, because we just wanted to talk about with the, the mummified event. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Was that episode one of the season? Season two. Uh, episode two. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so when we see things that are categorized as natural disasters, yep. like hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, and volcanoes, they are things that today we just simply accept. They've just been a part of our lives in the vernacular and to the point where they just seem as mundane and as normal as two best friends starting a podcast. <laughs> Let's just take a second, though, real life, and just think about the magnitude of what a volcano is. Okay? It's an yep. earth pimple. <laughs> but instead of gross pus at the end of the whitehead, it's a scorching hot molten lava that is so hot it engulfs everything in flames and can literally create new land. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's Earth's miracle pimple. Yeah. It creates a new face. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. New face, who dis? Seriously. Yeah. Now, that being said, it's not unlike us starting a podcast, but it is very similar. Right. Yeah. Uh, so an intro taken directly from National Geographic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Portals into the heart of the earth. They burn. <laughs> Bottomless cauldrons fueled by an ancient wrath bubbling and boiling thousands of miles beneath the surface dum, dum, and dum, just dum, waiting dum, dum, to dum, burst dum, through. Dum, dum. <laughs> no, no, no! It had to be like trombone section. Yeah, I don't know why I went so high then. Trumpet horn section. That was yeah, well done. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so that was just way too intense for me not to add in. Yeah. Uh, so there are all, there are volcanoes on every continent. Portals into the earth is my favorite part. Yep. It's into true, the so heart true. of the earth. Into the heart of the earth. It's like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lava core, magma core. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're on every continent, even Antarctica. There are some 1,500 volcanoes that are still considered potentially active around the world today. Okay. 161 of those, over 10%, sit within the borders of the United States. 
Oh. Yeah, volcanoes may seem to be non-existent in Canada. There has been only one documented volcanic eruption within Canada in more recent historical times. But there are many dormant volcanoes in Western Canada, particularly in northwestern British Columbia. Dormant. Dormant, Not yeah. Not even potentially active. Not even potentially active. Okay. They gone bit. So now they look like a mountain? They're just a hill. There's no hole down the middle. It's just Torbay. Right. Yeah. Uh, countless more volcanoes are found within the ocean's floor. Or on the ocean floor. So, like, that's where the majority of them are. Yeah. Volcanoes are traditionally found on or they're outlined around where the tectonic plates meet. Right. The most heavily concentrated area of volcanoes is around the Pacific Ocean. Evan, do you know what it is called? Do you know what it's called? The uh, heavily concentrated area of volcanoes around the Pacific Ocean. It has a name. Uh, do you want a clue? Yeah. There's a famous song named after it. A famous song named after it. Give me another hint. I fell in. Oh, the Ring of Fire? Burning Ring of Fire. Oh. Yeah. Is it around Hawaii and stuff? Uh, well, it's around the Pacific, so I'll explain kind of where it's to. So the Ring right. of Fire, also known as the Pacific Ring of Fire, the Rim of Fire, the Girdle of Fire, or the Circum-Pacific Belt, okay. is a region around much of the rim of the Pacific Ocean where many volcanic eruptions and earthquakes occur. The Ring of Fire is a horseshoe-shaped belt about 40,000 kilometers long and up to about 500 kilometers wide. It contains around 75% of the world's volcanoes. Nice. Yeah. All underwater. No, that's all on the land. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On what land? On the Pacific Rim. Like, there's this big horseshoe that goes up around all of, like, Indonesia, all the... Oh. Um, God. Like, all the Malaysian yeah, areas. Yeah, is brutal. I, but, yeah, my yeah. geo is brutal. Leave California. The next bit of land you meet is the Pacific Rim. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that answer. I'm sorry. Uh, so there are many different types of volcanoes. They're named uh, primarily on the size and shape of the mountain itself. Okay. There is the Strato Volcano. They often appear as tall, steep mountains. They're the stereotypical-looking volcano. Like the steep, tall mountain that you kind of see in the background of all the dinosaur pictures <laughs> that we talked about before. <laughs> Which doesn't exist. No. Yeah. Uh, they are also known as a composite volcanoes uh, because they are created from multiple structures during different kinds of, um, of eruptions. Okay. Classic examples include Mount Fuji in Japan, okay. Mayon Volcano in the Philippines, and Mount Vesuvius. Oh, and it was a strato volcano? It was a strato volcano. Uh, or Stromboli in Italy. Sorry? Or composite? Is that the other word you said? Or, yeah. 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 Um, shield volcanoes are flatter and dome-shaped. Mm -hmm. They are formed by the eruption of low-viscosity lava that can flow a great distance from the top of the volcano. So more like um, Star Wars Episode 3. Like the lava is just flowing everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's 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 like it, the actual when you look at the volcano, it's a lot smaller and rounder in the base. It's not like a peaked mountain. Yes, but I think with the tall peaked mountains, the lava that rarely gets to the bottom of the mountain. With the low ones, it goes everywhere, like yeah. in Star Wars, where the lava is everywhere. True. Well, that's just a planet. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, so they generally do not explode catastrophically, but are characterized by relatively gentle eruptions. Okay. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> they're the nicest of all volcanoes. Yeah, they're like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really hot, Bias, but I won't get in your way. No, yeah. no. I'm just going to ooze out here now. <laughs> <laughs> you got lots of time to run. Uh, the calderas, okay. uh, which are 
large depressions in the group and mid-ocean ridges, which are underwater chains of volcanic mountains. Now, the calderas is interesting because they end up being the formation of the supervolcanoes because they're massive, 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 like almost look like craters. Right. Because once upon- They go inwards, not upwards? Exactly. Okay. But Well, they go up and then down in a little bit, right? Oh, okay. And they're like that because once upon a time, they may have been a little bit higher, but the explosion was so intense and the energy was- Blew the sides off, blew the top off, <laughs> yeah. and then kind of caved into itself. And, and when the um, the magma chamber, yeah. when that is all empty, like when all the pus has gone out of Whitehead, <laughs> it kind of caves into itself a little bit. I normally like it when you use an analogy to explain something to me. This is not what I'm a fan of. No? No. no. Well. I liked it at first. The more you say the word pus, the less I like it. Well, I don't think anybody particularly enjoys that. No. Uh, so other forms of volcanoes come often from the formation of previous ones or as a consequence of a previous eruption. Okay. Okay. They could be uh, cinder cones, cryptodomes, lava domes, fissure vents, submarine volcanoes, and even mud volcanoes. Sure. I wish I could have made that up, um, but there are mud volcanoes. And guess what? They are exactly as they are described. They're big mud piles and they just spew out lava. They still spew a lava? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They spew out mud. Mud. They're just kids in a hole of chas and mud. <laughs> mud. Um, these are all descriptors on how volcanoes look externally, okay. or more so once they have breached the ground and have created the spout of the volcano. Right. Likewise, to the classic depiction of an iceberg, where you truly only see 10% above water, yeah. the magic with volcanoes happens much, much deeper. So no matter the shape and size, all volcanoes emit gas and molten rock. The amount and magnitude obviously differs. Yep. Um, it begins deep underground in the Earth's core. This area can burn as hot as the surface as of the sun. Seriously? Yeah. Which, by the way, our core is as hot as the surface of the sun. Imagine how hot the core of oh, the sun yeah. is. Well, we talked about that a little bit. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. But also, like even, that is shocking. Even that to me. is shocking. The fact that I like I know the core of the sun is insanely hot, but the fact that anything on Earth comes close to the surface of the sun is crazy to me. Well, it's the core of our planet is as hot as like everybody yeah. knows the core of a planet is hot as hell. Yeah. The surface of like it's as hot as the surface of the sun. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Pulling You're on not a surprise I'm, by I'm, that. I'm on the opposite end of it. Yeah. The fact that it's as hot as the surface is surprising me. Well, interesting. Yeah. I think we should do a topic on the sun. Yeah, we touched on it a little bit with, or even suns and stars or something, like stars in general, because like, there's different types of stars. Yes. I think, Are all stars suns? No. No. Okay. No, I think what makes a star a sun is if, it, if it's the center point of a galaxy. Right. It has to be like the gravitational pull is around that object. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it heats and forms right, everything right. around it. Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we touched on a little bit with Aurora Borealis. I talked about. Yeah, the, a little bit. Um, uh, I can't remember now. But it was like something to do with the basically magma exploding from the surface of the sun yeah. that would then cause those rays to go through the atmosphere. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the core of our planet mm-hmm. transfers its heat to the surrounding rock mantle. So the mantle is the next layer of the earth. Oh, right. Okay. Um, like it's rock. It's, it's rock, rock mantle. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in doing so, the heat melts some of the rock. This molten rock or magma is lighter than the surrounding solid rock layer around it. Mm-hmm. So it then rises through the mantle. Right. Okay. Um, there is a delicate balance. Uh, sorry. And then it just kind of gets wedged up between the Earth's um, rock layer. At some layer, point it gets stuck. The crust. Yes, right. it gets stuck between the rest of the mantle Can't and the crust. Can't squeeze its way through. No. Okay. Uh, so there is a delicate balance 
between three geological factors that cause the eruption. Okay. Okay. There is the lithostatic pressure, mm-hmm. which is the weight of the Earth's crust pushing down on the magma. Right. Okay. The magma then pushes back right. up against it, which creates the second factor. It's called the magmastatic pressure. Okay. Okay. Then the battle between these two forces strains the third factor, which is the strength of the rock within the Earth's crust. Right. Makes sense? It's just a power battle between the Earth's crust, right. the magma, and how long it can hold on. Which is why volcanoes form at the same places, because it's the weaker points of the Earth's crust where volcanoes well, the magma will break through. Sometimes, but it could also be not necessarily weaker areas, but depending on, um, like, if you had a lot of tectonic activity right. and the Earth's crust have shifted, but what happens is it actually pulls land ma- masses apart yeah. and allows the magma to seep through. Right. Right? As, yeah. n- not in terms of get to the sur- Earth's um, crust or the surface, right. but, like, underneath some of the mantle will just form and allow it to come through. Right. Right? Um so usually the rock is strong enough and heavy enough to keep the magma in place. But when this equilibrium is thrown off, the consequences can be explosive. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most common causes of an eruption would be an increase in magmastatic pressure. Right. Okay. So the magma contains various elements and compounds, many of which are dissolved in the molten rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, at high enough concentrations, compounds like water or sulfur will no longer dissolve. And instead, form high-pressure gas bubbles. Right, because the water can't dissolve. It just steams the hell out of yeah, it. You know, right. uh, so before these bubbles pop, they act like CO2 in a shaking can of bottle pop. Right. Yeah. Um, if you drop a... Um, what was it that you drop in a Pepsi bottle? Mentos. Mentos, the fresh yeah. maker. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there are two known natural causes for these bubbles to form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes new magma from deeper underground brings additional gassy compounds to the mix. Hail. Okay. Uh, bubbles can also form when magma begins to cool. Okay. So sometimes there's right. like a, a body of water yeah. and it can seep down into the mantle, into the core, and cool down the, the magma, which is why right. you see a lot of the volcanoes formation around ocean beds and Pacific water. Right. Because they can seep in through underneath the landmass right. where the ocean meets the sand. It blows my mind. We talked about this at the weekend with... Uh, we went to Tiffany's grandparents for the weekend from A24. And her grandfather is just like literally a genius. Like he's just a brilliant human. It was a yeah. marine biologist. And he was telling me about how when they first built the house where we were staying, there was no like septic or anything running out there or running water. So they dug down just with the shovel yeah. to get to the water. I'm like, right. There's always water running underneath the earth for the most part. Like no matter where you... It's like the blood of the earth. Yeah, like like if you dig deep enough, you will always find water. And some places it'll be a hundred feet, and some places it'll be ten. But no matter where you are, if you start digging, at some point you'll hit water. Interesting. Always. I didn't know that. So he was like, "Yeah, we dug. I think it was like ten feet or something before we hit the water." And I was like, "He's like, that's what we used for a while. Like, if we had a lot of people over the summer, now this is when they first built it. But a lot of people for the summer, we'd have to say, okay, you can't shower today because the water's drain- dried up.' And that's like it was their cabin, it yeah, was their house, yeah, but." Um, yeah, like they just like dug their own, not even well. You couldn't even call it a well. No. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's just what they did. Man, oh, man. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Um, in its molten state, okay, magma is a mixture of dissolved gases and melted minerals. As the molten rock hardens because of the water, some of these minerals solidify into crystals. Okay. This process, however, does not involve many of the dissolved gases, resulting in a high concentration of the compounds that will form explosive bubbles. Okay. 
A shift in magma static pressure is not the only way an eruption can happen. Sometimes the weight of the rock above can become dangerously low. So landslides can remove massive amounts of rock from the top of magma chamber. This is called unloading. Uh, long period uh, erosion or melting glaciers can also cause unloading. Right. Um, or like weight watchers, like the rocks like really lost some pounds. Quickly. Yes, yes, yes. Like they, keto they, diet or something. Yeah, 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 yeah okay, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, geologists are actually fearing that glacial melting due to global warming could potentially cause more volcanic activity. Interesting. Because hmm. the glaciers will keep things in check. Well, when the glaciers melt away, underneath could be volcanoes for all we know. Right. Right. Just ready to pop. Uh, finally, ready to pop. Dirty pop. <laughs> finally, an eruption can occur when the rock layer is no longer strong enough to hold back the magma below. This can be caused by a hydrothermal alteration, which is the constant wear and tear of the layering of rock above the magma due to the pressure and the acidic gases. Mm-hmm. Right. Another form of this, a more popular um, result, comes from the movement of the tectonic plates. Right. Nothing is really ready to go, but the tectonic plates move. It just they makes room for like, it to come up. up. There, here up, we go. Up we go. Trains leaving. Moving on up. So eventually, then the magma then escapes through the vents in the Earth's crust, causing the volcanic eruption. And then, like I said, depending on the shape of the spout of the mountain, will dictate kind of how the uh, lava comes out and how the right. gases go, right? But, okay, here's my next question. How did the... How did the... Like, uh, Don't sorry, hurt yourself. I'm literally struggling. Yeah. Like, when the when the Earth shifts open, like, the tectonic plates shift. Yep. And then the magnet shoots up. That's not... Wh- yeah, sorry. Well, that's, you know, like, why, how was there already a volcano there? What happened to create that crater? Yeah, so it's the magma chambers. So imagine... So you have the Earth's core. Yeah. Okay, just this, this ball of heat. Yeah. Okay? Around it in the mantle, you'll, the, you'll have parts of that heated up to create magma yeah. in the mantle. Yeah. It rises to certain points based on weakness in the mantle and based physically on... Physically rises up through Physically the rises up through oh, okay. and That's creates pools of magma, and they're called magma chambers. Right, and, and, but the ground physically rises. Like it's creating what we see as a volcano. Is that what you're saying? Well, when it gets to a certain point, yes. Yes. But technically speaking, I, I don't think this is reality, but right. there could be a magma pool below us. Right. Right? And there's, but, yeah. But the ground is just so cold. It's so hard. There's too yes. much, like it's just not going to make its way up, whatever right. that, whatever the equation yeah. looks like. But, but yes. I didn't have my heat high enough in the basement. Precisely. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, you got the rat poison out. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you get to certain areas where I don't know for whatever reason, it could be yeah. a climb, it could be earth's surface, whatever. Right. Uh, where the magma chambers can accumulate yeah. and grow. Yes. Right? Either accumulating more magma from the Earth's core through the mantle. Right. Or just creating more and more pressure. Right. From all the reasons I just explained. Yes. And then you get an episode like the tectonic plates, which open up the Earth's crust. Yes. Allowing it to spew out. But again, Now, that. you can also have instances where the magma chambers exist without a volcanic spout. They're so it just shoots up from the ground. That's yeah. my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that happens. Okay. They are called, and I named it a second ago. Uh, 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 yeah, that was my question. Oh, like, they're called uh, fissure vents. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. So have you ever seen, like, either in a video game or a cartoon or something or, like, an action movie when, like, the ground splits apart and everyone's, like, running away right. and, like, lava spitting up through the right. cracks? It's that idea. That's actually kind of a thing. Yeah. It's actually – it's obviously not that dramatic, no, no, mind no. you. But yeah. if there is a magma chamber and the pressure is there, it's ready to go. It's just physically waiting for that weakness in the ground. Right. Tectonic plates open right. a little bit. It's enough then to it's get through, and then it'll break its yeah. way through cool. the crust. But what causes, you might have already answered this as well, what causes not that? What causes the mountain to form with the volcano spout? Yeah, so um, all the other stuff is there. So yeah. the magma chamber, the yes. pressure and stuff. But the pressure is building so much that exactly like you said, it starts pushing the ground up. Okay. There are certain areas in Iceland today yeah. where within a two-year range, certain land masses have um, expanded up to six and a half feet. Wow. In two years. Yeah. Like, that's how much it has expanded the ground and the pressure. Elevation-wise. Elevation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's... Um, right. Okay. Pretty cool, hey? So, like, if you're in your house and your house starts lifting up over the next two years, you're like, I think we should move, honey. Yeah, we got the magnets yeah. downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's really an issue here, but... No, 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 no. But right. yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So what happens during the eruption? So uh, now being above the ground, the magma is now called lava. Mm-hmm. Which is literally the only difference. I remember between that, it. but from Mount Vesuvius, yeah. yeah, it can reach temperatures of over two thousand degrees Fahrenheit or ten ninety three Celsius. Wow, that cooked chicken. Um, that cooked chicken. I'll say chicken. In addition to lava, mm-hmm. volcanoes may erupt with searing hot gas formed in the mantle. Mm-hmm. It is a phenomenon called pyroclastic flow, which is exactly what you talked about during the Mount Vesuvius. Right. This toxic gas combined with hot ash can race down the sides of a volcano as fast as 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Which is weird because I also read up to 450 miles per hour, which is a drastic difference. I find sometimes with science things, there are drastic differences between what should be a fact. Yeah. Or give a range. Yeah. It's sort of like today when we went to Costco and bought the garlic fingers. And they were like, cook these for 14 to 16 minutes. And I said 15. And And I'm like, yeah, why shouldn't the box just say 15? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What do you mean 14 to 16? Depends on how you like them. Do you like them burnt? Do you like them? Not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Um... See, so yeah, I'm not sure about the speed, but it goes pretty damn fast. Either way, it's smacking you in the mouth and your lungs It burns are everything in its path. Yeah. Yeah. So similarly, volcanic mud flows called lahars can be very destructive as well. Can you spell that? L-A-H-A-R-S. Lahars. Okay. Exactly what I thought. Um, these fast-flowing waves of mud and debris mud. can race down a volcano burning entire towns. Ash is another volcanic... So it's just super hot mud. It's super hot mud. It's the same kids in the same pit tossing the mud. That would be a really shitty or or brilliant mm. like country punk band. The burning mud. The super hot mud. I'm just a hunk of hunk of burning mud. I'm just a hunk of... No, that already exists, man. That's copyright. You can't do that. We have to cut that. That's burning love. I said burning mud. Oh, it's a rewrite. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't see fine. what I did? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Although, thanks. when we did a Saved by the Bell jingle for Mary Browns, they told us we couldn't use an existing melody. Mm, they said we couldn't have a year's worth of Big Marys. Well, tricks on them. We still did. Yeah, we just but we paid, paid for the cost. <laughs> we didn't even buy them on the Monday. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> Do you know what, though? We haven't had uh, Mary Browns together in a very long time. Should we skip them tonight? And might not skip as and don't have them as and skip the dishes. <gasps> we could pick Mary skip the dishes. Stop. Oh, I had big... I remember... I had Mary Browns one time when we were recording. It was when we were in lockdown, though. Remember I ordered my Mary Browns? 
I don't remember. No, I'm sorry. Oh, I think it was the episode where Catherine came on and talked about the Kardashians. I ordered Mary Brown's. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you were like, I got to go there. Now we got to finish up my Mary Brown's up. <laughs> yeah. It was so good, too. Oh, let's oh, do it. Oh, man. No, I'm not against it. Okay. So ash is another volcanic danger. Unlike the soft, fluffy bits of charred wood left <laughs> after a campfire, volcanic ash is made up of sharp fragments of rocks and volcanic glass, each less than two millimeters across. When you say glass, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Compressed sand. I don't know why. It's just a glass. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's what glass That's insane. is. Yeah. Shoot you through your throat. Uh, the ash forms as the gases within rising magma expand, shattering the cooling rocks as they burst from the volcano's mouth. Volcano's mouth. It's not only dangerous to inhale, it's heavy and builds up quickly. Volcanic ash can collapse weak structures, cause power outages, and is a challenge to shovel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kills your sister hard to shovel, <laughs> which is a bigger plight. <laughs> the expression kills your sister hard to shovel <laughs> i don't get it but right. also i love it i don't know why that's it bye <laughs> that's the advertisement for ash kills your sister hard to shovel <laughs> no that's the that's the advertisement for the company who will come sh- get rid of it for you like they've got like a backhoe that takes the ash out yeah so next we have the volcanic explosive explosivity index no 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 explosivity. no no, no. Double down. Explosatory. <laughs> the volcanic explosatory. Index. <laughs> Wait, what word is actually index? Uh, index. Oh. Uh, so anyways, it is the classification to measure eruptions. Okay. So scientists have created an index to gauge a volcano's potent abilities. Sort of like the... Um, Whatever it is they do with earthquakes. Yeah. Right. Um, the Richter scale. Richter. Yeah. It is called the volcanic... Ex- now I'm really weird. Explo- explosivity. Explosivity. I don't know why I'm weird. Uh-huh. Volcanic Explosivity Index, or VEI. Okay. Okay. It takes... Or if you throw me, it would be... Vai! Vai! It takes... <laughs> Very pause. Move on. I'm just trying to gather my life. So it takes some very... <laughs> yes. We'll be here a while then. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. Uh, where Jeff still doesn't have his life together. <laughs> they can shovel the ash in about Vesuvius quicker than they can shovel up Jeff's remains of his life. His dignity. And yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, it takes in various factors, such as the volume of the lava, the gas, and other emissions from the volcano, along with the height of the eruption cloud above the volcano's summit. Okay. So the VEI scale begins at zero. Each succession measurement increases uh, exponentially. So right. it means that each magnitude uh, is about 10 times more powerful than the one before. Okay. Okay. The VEI scale does not have an upper limit, but most catastrophic eruptions measure thus far as categorized as VEI-8. Okay. These eruptions occurred thousands and millions of years ago. Right. Uh, predicting volcanoes. Predicting volcanoes, unfortunately, is not such an easy thing to do. While scientists can roughly determine the length and weight of the Earth's crust, the depth and heat of magma chambers makes 
measuring cha- changes in magma static pressure, very difficult. Predicting them as in like where they're going to show up or whether they're going to erupt or not. Whether they're going to erupt or okay. not. Um, so advances in thermal imaging uh, have allowed scientists to detect subterranean hotspots. So spectrometers can analyze gases escaping magma. Oh my God, gases escaping magma. Lasers can precisely track to the impact of moving magma on a volcano's shape. And Lasers? Yeah. That's kind of cool. And seismometers help us uh, measure seismic activity in certain regions. So all these tools combined can give us a better picture of what it is is to come. Unfortunately, they're not all perfect. And there's Mm -hmm. always going to be a level of unpredictability when it comes to what volcano will erupt next. Mm. So now that we know a little bit about the signs of volcanoes, how they're formed, what happens, etc. Daily Top 10's YouTube page has provided me with a fantastic list of most catastrophic volcanoes in recorded history. Here they are. I love this. Yeah. Number 10, Nova Rupta, which is just a great name. Nova Rupta? Yep. It literally sounds like a metal band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, Is it like, or like, or like, or like a, or like a, yeah, either like a German metal band or like a 90s female punk band, but it's actually no Varupta. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. No Vacancy? What's yeah, that from? Yeah. No Vacancy is some like, I think it's like a joke band name from a sitcom. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Go on. Oh, I think it's uh, How I Met Your Mother. Is it? I think so. No vacancy? No vacancy. Uh, so June 6th, 1912. It was deemed as the largest volcanic eruption of it's the number 20th. number 10. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the largest volcanic eruption of the 20th century. Okay. It, ha- <clears throat> it happened in Alaska. It lasted 60 hours and had a VEI of 6. Okay. And was heard as far as 760 miles away. Which is what? I don't know. Bye. I'm trying to think of Alaska. So like most of Canada. No. 760 miles. No, wait. No, no, no. No. Alberta couldn't even hear that. No, bye. <laughs> the ash completely covered the nearby town of Kodiak. It was, an, uh, it was as high as one feet, causing many small buildings in the area to collapse in its weight. Oh, I thought the volcano was as high as one feet. <laughs> I was like, wait. That's, that's not, not very, very high. high. <laughs> uh, it completely blocked out the sun and made it difficult to breathe. The ash cloud traveled as far as Africa. It created the famous valley called the Valley of 10,000 Smokes, <laughs> or otherwise commonly now known as Shea Heights. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I was like, what reference do you get to haul up here? Yeah. There's, a, there's a long list of what you could use there, but I think Shea Heights was probably the best one. Thank you. I couldn't say Shea Heights without an accent just then. Shea Heights. Shea Heights. Shea Heights. Nice. Uh, there were no reported deaths. That's good. Coming in number nine, Lucky, June 17 and 83. The Lockheed eruption began. It blasted out 42 billion tons of lava and hydrofluoric acid, which caused devastation and destroyed 20 villages. Oh, 20 what? Villages, 20 villages. Oh, oh. Uh, the acid and ash clouds polluted and ruined the soil and farmlands. This led to massive famine. The famine killed almost 25% of Iceland's total population. Yikes. The 120 million tons of sulfuric dioxide that was released into the atmosphere had consequences worldwide, as it caused the Earth's temperature to actually decrease. <gasps> this decrease in global temperature caused a lot of crops to fail to grow in Europe. Some people even say that this famine may have been a contributing factor to the start of the French Revolution. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which was like 100 years later. No, it was around the same time. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, number eight. Okay. 
Mount Vesuvius. Oh. Which, if you want to know about that hellhole, uh, go listen to season two, episode two, named In the Bay of the Purple Nibbles. <laughs> Classic. Real good. Real good stuff, buddy. Yeah. Number seven, Krakatoa. Uh, April 26th, 1883. It had a VEI of six. The Strato Volcano, located on the Indo-Australian plate, erupted with such power it was heard thousands and thousands of miles away. Wow. It was called the loudest sound ever heard by man. It emitted 20 million tons of sulfur into the air. This caused a volcanic winter. This dropped the world's temperature by 1.2 degrees for a total of five years. It what? Com- it com- the global temperature? Yep. It completely decimated the island of Sabasi, leaving no survivors. It also caused a huge tsunami, uh, which also killed upwards of 36,000 people. Wow. Yeah. This is only number eight? That was seven. Shit, son. Number six, Santa Maria. October 25th, 1902, in Guatemala, the Santa Maria erupted with such force it tore the southwestern part of the volcano apart. It literally was like ripped it off. The side of it. Yeah. Um, Leaving a crater, which was one kilometer wide and 300 meters deep. Wow. It produced 1.3 cubic miles of diocide pyroclastic debris. Okay. It had been inactive for almost 500 years, but spewed out 5.5 cubic miles of lava. The debris covered 273,000 square kilometers. Large rocks were also burst from the volcano and traveled as far as 14 kilometers, destroying houses and farms. It is considered to be one of the biggest eruptions in 300 years. It killed over 6,000 people, and its ashes traveled as far as San Francisco. Holy shit. Number five, Yellowstone Supervolcano. In Yellowstone National Park? Yellowstone National Park. I was afraid you weren't going to know that. Uh, 640. The park by my house? The park by- <laughs> Yellowstone, the, park- the swing, swing real high. The volcano erupts real big. Uh, 640,000 years ago, Yellowstone erupted with a VEI of eight. It released 240 cubic miles of rock, dust, and ash. The ash covered the whole sky over the United States, which led to widespread loss of vegetation and animal life in the entire region. Ash that fell from this eruption caused the ocean to cool by three degrees. This led to a volcanic winter that also cooled the atmosphere. This volcano is still active today and is said to have enough magma to fill the Grand Canyon 11 times. Holy shit. When this volcano erupts again, it will have the same power to manipulate the atmosphere and the environment enough that it could trigger an extinction event. They don't know when it's going to erupt. Well, who's to say? Number four, Mount Thera, also known as the Santrini Eruption. It took place in 1646 BC, Mm -hmm. before COVID, as (laughs) is said to be the largest volcanic eruption ever witnessed by man. It erupted with the force of 40 atomic bombs and completely buried the, vis- the, the village of Akrotiri. In a- it completely buried it in ash. Uh, scientists don't know for sure, but they estimate around a 40,000 person death toll just within the first few hours. Wow. Yeah. Number three, Mount Pinatubo. Yeah. <laughs> it was the second largest eruption in the 20th century and happened in the Philippines. It erupted with a VEI of six, creating. What year a, was it? 
Uh, 91. Oh, what? 1991? 1991. It erupted with a VEI of six, creating a lava dome that was 200 meters wide and 40 meters tall. 60,000 people left their homes to evacuate and find safety. Evacuation alerts were sent out on June 7th, 1991. Only 847 people died. Thank God. They just, they knew it was going to erupt. And they were like, bias, go. Yeah. Well, there's warning signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you can see Frodo and Sam halfway up the mountain. Yes. You know, all the Nazgul are flying above. Sauron's right. mad. It's not, you can see it coming. Is um, Sean, what's his name who plays Sam? Sean, um, Sean something. Yep. He's like a big poker guy now. A big what? Poker guy. That doesn't surprise me. When I was at um, Jack Astor's to do my research, yeah. poker was on in the background and he was like, the, the show was called like Sean's something. And he was the only celebrity there that I recognized. I think it was just like poker wow. players and him. And he was winning. Yeah, those shows always confuse me because it's like a celebrity. He's the only celebrity and he's winning and the show's named after him. There's well, Hanky Panky. I wasn't sure the show was actually named after him. but it was it, Maybe it was just like... Why can't I remember? Sean Bean is the actor who... Sean Astin. Austin. Aston. Ashton. Sure. I'm not Sean sure. Ashton. Okay. Ashton. Aston. I don't know. I was going to say Sean Penn, but that's not him. No, there's Sean Penn, then there's Sean Bean, right. who is Boromir, and the King of the North. Oh, yeah. Eddard who's Sean Stark. Penn? Uh, he's the actor um, who had a Don- fake... Dawn of the Dead? Not Dawn of the Dead. Um, he's in the comedy ones where, like, there's a zombie one that's really funny, but also gets real dark in the end. Uh, I'm Isn't not that sure. Sean Penn? No. No. He's a famous no, actor. No, Sean Penn is, like, older, really famous actor. Yeah, he's not, like, super old. He's probably, like, 40 or 50. Um... He's in one of the movies he plays. Um, I'm just going to show you a picture of him. Yep. I Am Sam is Sean Penn. Yes. Right? Yes. There we go. There you go. Well done. Yeah. Oh, God. Why did you have to say that? Oh, I know. Jesus, man. More like I, more like lo- I am sad. Yeah, I am crying <laughs> my eyes out here with a bucket of Terry's. Anyways, number two, Mount Tambora. The biggest eruption in human history began April 10th, 1815 in the Indonesian island of Sumbawa. With a VEI of seven, over 100,000 people were killed, and the volcano released a 400-ton cloud of gas that blocked out the sun. It created mass loss of vegetation and created what is now known as the year without summer. Wow. The cooling caused the worst famine in the 19th century within the Northern Hemisphere. Shit, son. Number one! Do it, do it. The Deccan Traps, or the Deccan Traps. D-E-C-C-A-N, Deccan. Deccan? I don't know. Anyways. At the end of the Crustaceous Period, when dinosaurs still roamed the Earth, the Deccan Plateau volcano began a series of eruptions. A series? A series. Starting around 66 million years ago, the volcano at the Western Ghats spewed enough lava to cover an unbelievable 1.5 million kilometers. The quantity of sulfur dioxide released cooled the planet by two degrees and poisoned the oceans, killing massive quantities of plankton. The gases poisoned the soil, which killed off all of the vegetation. Although a lot of scientists agree that it was the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs, many scientists are speculating that the series of eruptions also played a huge part. Right. If just the asteroid hit, maybe somebody would have survived. By this point, some scientists actually believe that most of the dinosaurs were actually on their way to extinction well before the asteroid even hit. Right. Cray. Wow. Yep. 
Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it now, but super volcanoes are a real thing and take everything I just said, but multiply by like 10. So like that one obviously is a super volcano, right? Yellow, um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone is a super volcano. They're like extinction. Like, right. If they go off, they yeah. block out the sun. They create and they, a winter. They're often like cyclical as well. They have three stages where they erupt, then they go like not dormant, but active. And then like right there, ready to pop again. Right. So they have stages and formations and right. stuff. It's not like they explode and then in 500 million years they'll explode again. It's like, no, they could pop again Saturday. No, no, no. But it's pretty cyclical in the amount of time and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, and like, you know, the other, um, the form that has like the base, it's like oval and the sinks in, it's like more circular, not like the mountain peak. I wish I could remember the word now. The form of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do have your heart. Um, Cal- Calderas. Yep. Yeah. So most of the super, super volcanoes are that shape and they're just massive, just right. huge plots right. of land. Um, but yeah, so huge it's plots cool. of land. So as an outro, Directly taken from National Geographic once again. Great. I mean, close by return. Yep. Although volcanoes are some of the most destructive forces in nature, they have also helped make life on Earth possible. Volcanic ash provides nutrients to nearby soil, making the land fertile. Lava, when it cools, hardens into rock and creates new landforms. With heat from the heart of the Earth, volcanoes have helped paraform the planet, making it the rich, dynamic landscape we see today. Hmm. It's like you almost want to love them. Almost. You know? Everything is like that, though. The things that suck are like, yeah, but if they didn't exist. Like mm-hmm. spiders. Yeah. Suck. Yeah, but like they, they got all flies. They got to. And they're, like, they're part of food chains. They're part of ecosystems. Like they can't go away. Yeah. Volcanoes, same deal. We need them. Yeah. Uh, so, Evan. Yes. I got a surprise for you. Do you? It's true and false time! I love me some true and false. All right. I love me some true and false. (laughs) I love me some true and false. Are you ready for some true and false, my buddy? I am ready. Let's do it. Question number uno. How many are there? I'm not telling. Well, but I want to know like how many I need. You know what I mean? If there's eight, so you need five. Great. There are currently 47 continuing volcanic eruptions with unknown stop dates. True or false? Like they're currently erupting? Is that what you mean? Yes. There's a continuation. Yeah. Like they haven't really stopped erupting and we have no idea when they're going to stop. I hate these types because like, it could be 45. I'm not a jerk. Put it that way. True. It is true. Correct. Okay. So an eruption marked as continuing does yeah. not always mean that the activity is continuous or happening today, right. but that there have been at least some intermittent eruptive events at that volcano without a break of at least three months since it started. Right. So, yeah. Right now, they're actively, like, spewing 47. Wow. Yep. Question number two. There are currently no active supervolcanoes on the Earth right now. False. You told me Yellowstone was one. Correct. Noise. There are 20 active super volcanoes. Oh, shit. Yeah. I know. Isn't that scary? Did I... Is Mount Vesuvius still active? Yep. Yeah. I thought that. It's not a yep. super volcano, though. No. no. So there's three types of volcanoes. Right. Like, in terms of that, there's dormant, yep. active, and then erupting. Right. So dormant, which means nobody's home. Yeah. It's, a, it's an empty 
an empty yeah. mountain. Yeah. Active, which means there is a magma chamber. Right. Just God knows if the conditions will ever be met again. Right. But the possibility exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, time time eventually will probably make it erupt. Yeah. But what is the magnitude of that? Who's to say? Right. And then obviously erupting. Magnitude, I think is what you meant to say. Well done. Thank you. Uh, uh, question number three. A recent coverage of a strange smog slash fog in Newfoundland was actually caused from a volcanic eruption in Iceland. Hmm. It's true and false. It's true and false time. Oh, that's tricky. Because I feel like I would have heard about it, but also maybe not. And also strange fog. There's no strange fog in Newfoundland. I'm going to say false. No way! Like two weeks ago. I don't know how you didn't hear about this. Didn't. Like two weeks ago, there was like this weird smog. It's not, it wasn't fog, like where it's like as thick as pea soup. Right. It was like a really weird smog. Like it felt like California or like New York. Did you remember that like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago? I do not. Yeah. It was this weird smoggy kind of feeling. Okay. And everybody, everybody commented on it. They were like, this is so weird. I don't know what's going on. And no, then. I don't remember that at all. Eddie Shear then posted that it. The uh, it came from Iceland. There was an eruption of a volcano in Iceland, and it traveled right over to us. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we all just breathed in poison. Great. Number four. The above said volcanic eruption was the... Oh, sorry. The one I just talked about. In Iceland. In Iceland. Yep, yeah. The above one uh, was the only new volcanic eruption in 2021. What I meant by that is like ignoring the continuous ones that have been going on is the only oh, new volcanic oh, eruption in 2021. I mean, it's a 50-50. I mean, all true and false, I suppose. But like, I don't have it. I don't have a clue. I'm going to say... It doesn't matter. It's a guess. I'm going to say false. Correct! Yay! There have been seven new eruptions in 2021, making it a total of 53 volcanoes, including the ones that haven't stopped. Right. Yeah. Nice. Question number five. There are roughly 20 volcanoes erupting on any given day. False. It's true. Oh, shit. Uh, so you're what, three and two? Yep. 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 Number six. Io is one of the four large moons of Jupiter, which is the largest planet. It is the most volcanically active world in our solar system. So you're not questioning whether Io is a moon of Jupiter. That's a fact. That's a fact. I was just letting you know what Io is. It is a. I know that one of Jupiter's moons is super volcanic. Whether it's Io is the question. <laughs> Io, Io. Um, I'm going to say true. Correct. It is almost literally covered with active volcanoes. They erupt plumes of sulfurous chemicals that can reach far out into space. Nice. I mean. Number seven, like Mercury, our moon was once volcanically active, but no longer is. So there's a two part to this. Is it that, could it be that the moon was once volcanic, but Mercury never was? I'm not that big of a jerk. So like if Mercury was, our moon was, or neither of them were, or Mercury was regardless and our moon was or wasn't. There's a lot of elements to this question. Okay. Our moon was once volcanically active, <laughs> okay. but no longer. Mercury definitely was. I'm not saying that. I'm just evading it from the question because you're getting tripped up. Well, no, but it doesn't matter. It, if Mercury was, great. The question is, was our moon ever volcanic? Well, the statement is, like Mercury, 
our moon was once volcanically active, but no longer is. Oh, oh, which I means see. according right. to this question, so you have to. Yeah, okay, I see. Right. Um, I don't think it was false. <laughs> oh shit! True. Last one, my dude. What am I? I need this one, right? You're four. I'm four. Shit. All right. The Earth is not due for another super volcanic eruption for at least another 500,000 years. I think it's false, and I think it's scarily closer than that. Is that your answer? Yep. Ding, 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 ding! Correct! Yellowstone has experienced three super volcanic eruptions in its ancient past. 2.1 million years ago, 1.3 million years ago, and 640,000 years ago. Disturbingly, or overdue, this cycle of approximately 600 to 700,000 years suggests another eruption could be brewing. Oh, shit. I knew that was the case. Now, it's still between 10 and 50,000 years from now. It's still yes, thousands and yes. thousands of years being from now. Being off means being off by 10 million years. Yes. But still. 10,000, yeah. 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 Um, crazy, hey? Crazy. Yeah. Mm. So there are volcanoes, bud. Great. Great stuff. Well learn, done. Did you learn anything? So many things. Interesting. Cool. Quality, quality job. Well, as always, friends, we hope you enjoy your break. Hey, guys, it's Pete from Pete and with Violet. I don't know if I can love again. And you can listen to my music now on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you stream your tunes. Follow Petey Mac D on Instagram to stay up to date with all our news, like my upcoming Lullaby album or with Violet's new summer box. That's Pete, because I don't bring stuff. Or with violence. Why can't I give you what you're asking for? Wherever you stream your music now. And welcome back from your amazing break. That was the marvelous, gorgeous, handsome, talented Pete. Marvelous is a great word. It's not used enough. Um, he made that little ad. He yeah, is, by himself in probably 25 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe less. He's just great. And also, all of that music just also him and other people obviously but still just great stuff yeah um so for something completely different jeff it is time for another person um it's an interesting well, one. thank god i don't have to listen to you anymore <laughs> lame um it's an interesting one it also marks the third time evan covers a famous blonde woman who died mysteriously <laughs> <laughs> because uh we had princess uh, Grace. Yep. Grace of Monaco. Yep. We had Princess Diana. Yep. And now we've got Marilyn Monroe. This and Marilyn Monroe. Um, so, and it sort of falls into conspiracies in a way, in less of a way than I thought it did. Yeah. Like originally, I was like, oh, this will be a conspiracy episode. Not quite. There it, are conspiracies, but they're less than, like, mostly it's a biography. Yeah. I, for the longest time, didn't think there was anything hanky-panky about her life. I thought she was just a, a fantastic actress, right. a beautiful woman, and then she just passed away. And then I was like, then someone told me that there was hanky-panky. No, there's hanky-panky. And, and also then, in her, there's more hanky-panky in her life than there is in her death. Yeah. But. I think she yeah. was an interesting woman. Uh-huh. So please, splay me some Marilyn Monroe. And I will. Well, I'm also fascinated by, like, the reason I do these is, like, I'm fascinated by the intricacies of what happens in the room where it happens. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like, and also, like, the lives of the most powerful people in the world. Like During the most interesting times in our, yeah. in our history. Like, you know they can literally do anything they want, whatever yep. they want, yep. with whoever they want, yep. and then pay people to be like, that didn't happen, or whatever. Yep. So it's like... When we get a little inkling into that, or like even someone surmises it, it's like mm-hmm. it's always interesting. Yep. So, um, 
Marilyn Monroe was born Norma Jean Baker. Hence, goodbye, Norma Jean. Originally written by Elton John about Marilyn Monroe. Later rewritten for Princess Diana. Co- yes. Coincidence? Or did Sir Elton know? Did he foresee explaining the podcast and the trajectory we would take? Who's to say? Sir Elton, email us at info.slam.gmail.com. <laughs> Better yet, we have Mr. Elton John here right now. Thanks so much, buddy. But hey, um, Lil Norma Jean was born June 1st, 1926. It's almost her birthday. Happy birthday. It's almost her 90th. It would have been her 90th birthday. Mm, yep. Uh, nope. 95th. She was born in what? 26. So 26. So 84 would have brought her to 2010. What? 26. So 2026 would 84, be 100. 95. That's what you said. Oh. Um, and it's also most, like, me? when does it, when does this episode launch? Uh, Friday. What's today? When's there's Wednesday. So two days from now, 29th. Oh, well, it'll almost be your birthday. Yeah. Um, she was born 26, 1926, Los Angeles, California. Her mother, Gladys Pearlbaker had been previously married at the age of 15. Gladys Pearlmaker? Pearl Baker. Oh. Um, at the age so of 15. So she bakes the pearls. She doesn't make them. Correct. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's someone else's job. Yeah. At the age of 15, she was married to John Newton Newton Baker, who was an abusive piece of junk, nine years older than Gladys. Gladys filed for divorce and custody of the two kids she had with John, but he kidnapped the kids and moved to Kentucky, where everyone goes when they kidnap their kids. Following the divorce... <laughs> ooh, shade from the Kentucky audience shade. tonight. Following the divorce, Gladys remarried Martin Edward Mortensen whose initials are Mem, which I think is funny. Okay. Um, but they too separated and later divorced in 1928. It's not clear who Norma Jean's father was. She never knew. Uh, it was actually in her adult life that she found out about her siblings from her mother's previous marriage. Uh, she had a really complicated upbringing. At age seven, her mother was hospitalized after being diagnosed, being diagnosed rather, as a paranoid schizophrenic. Which in the article I read was like in brackets it put like a very severe mental condition. I'm like... Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Biography. I'm not reading this in 1926. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which meant that Norma Jean was sent into the foster program. And without going into much detail about being in the foster program in the early 30s, we know what that looks like. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, in more than one home, she was molested and abused. Oh. Um, when she was 16, she was living with Grace and Doc Goddard. Grace was a friend of her mother's, but Doc was abusive. When the Goddards had to move out of state for work, Norma Jean was to be placed in an orphanage once again because they weren't allowed to take her across state lines because technically she wasn't their kid. Um, Norma Jean was going to be placed in an orphanage once again and was not interested in going to an orphanage at the age of 16. She's like, not doing that again. No. Can um, I ask a question? Super unrelated, and I don't mean to interrupt you, yep. but I'm going to. Um, <clears throat> you as a father yep. of two children, yep. you have to tra- you've traveled with your kids. You've yep. traveled with at least one of them out of the country. Correct. Have you ever had to prove that that is your kid? Like, yes. do you have to bring birth certificates? If you don't have a passport, yeah. If they don't have a passport or if you don't have a passport? Well, we, I, an adult needs a passport to get out of the country. True. Um, and Well, that's just a person needing identification. Yes, but I don't know if a baby needs a passport. Well, we got Harrison when he was like less than a year old, so I think maybe they do need a passport. So what I mean but is otherwise that— Otherwise, you, need, you do need a birth certificate, yes. And okay. even when you have a passport— we always travel with a birth certificate anyway. Because you just said they couldn't go cross state, state borders without, like, because it wasn't their child. So what was the fear of them getting stopped by state troopers at the border being like, yeah, is well, this it, your child, this came man? came into place. 
fun fact, because of the Lindbergh baby. That's when this law started. Because So if you want, is this an active role now in the States, do you know? Yeah. No, so, you can't, you're, you know, you can as a parent, but if, if you're separated, like if you have, and even if you have joint custody. Yeah. Without the permission of the other party, oh, I know. you yeah, cannot yeah. leave the state. But what I'm saying is, well, I mean, you can, but if you get caught and you get in trouble. But what I'm You'll saying be arrested. is that at the border, are, like, what kind of questions are happening? If you're with a minor, do they say, you're with this minor? Do you have sole custody of this child? Is this child yours biologically? I would think so, yep. Do you have the birth certificate? Have you ever crossed states before? Uh, Driving? No. no, 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 no. I've crossed from Canada to the states. I haven't crossed from state to state. No, neither have I. Now that I'm no, saying it, no. but like, I feel like that that seems weird. Like, I don't know. I mean, the law makes total sense. Yes. You're not allowed to leave your jurisdiction with a child that does not right. legally or biologically belong to you. Yeah. But what kind of documentation? Well, even biologically, if they belong to you, you have to have legally. Cons- yeah, consent they- of the other partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what sort of documentation? Like, I feel like people will write letters saying I blank blank give permission to other blank to do this but like yeah how often are they questioned i don't know i remember when my parents would go on vacation like if dad had a work trip or something my mom would write a letter for my grandparents to be like mildred watts has the authority to blank 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 whatever um because even that it's like even though she was my grandmother um, if she, something were to happen and she, she was have, questioned yeah she'd have the permission right uh-huh Anyways, as you were. Yeah. Um, so Norma Jean was like, not going to happen, not going to not gonna go back to an orphanage. She found a solution. If she got married, she'd be treated as an adult and no longer a minor and therefore wouldn't have to go to the orphanage. Is that how that works? Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Basically, her husband would be like, she'd be, she'd be in the custody of her husband, kind of. Uh. Um, so she married her neighbor, 21-year-old oh. James Doherty. Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Gross. Uh, on June 19th, 1942, uh, then she dropped out of high school and became a housewife. Good. The two were not particularly compatible. James was a great escape from the orphanage, orphanage or orchestra. Um, but she was later quoted as saying she was dying of boredom during the marriage. She's mm. like, He was Ouch. a good guy. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ouch, Good, James. wholesome guy, willing to take care of her. Yeah. He's like, do you want to watch Jeopardy and have like a nightcap, Marilyn? <laughs> well, at that point, she was Norma Jean, I suppose. Yeah. Norma um, Jean. When James was shipped out to the Pacific during World War II, Norma Jean moves in with her in-laws and began a job at the radio playing company. This landed her an introduction with photographer David Conover, who had been sent by the U.S. Army Air Force's first motion picture unit to shoot morale-boosting pictures of female workers, which just feels very <laughs> yucky. And it's yuckier because the sentence is framed in a way where they're trying to make it sound less yucky, and which makes it sound more yucky. Yes, yes, you know yes, I mean? yes, yes, yes. To shoot morale-boosting pictures. I'm like, just say what you're saying. Mm. Like, just like pictures of women scantily clad for men to look at because they're all alone. Like, don't try and cover that up for what it's not. Oh, there's so much schmuck. So much schmuck. Oh, God. No matter what way you spin it, it's gross. Anyway, uh, the agency deemed her more of a pinup model than high fashion, and she appeared in mostly advertisements and men's magazines. At the time, believe it or not, she had long, curly brown hair. I saw pictures. I was like, this is not Marilyn Monroe. No. Norma Jean. And it is. It's Norma Jean. She dyed it blonde and straightened it to make herself more employable. She quickly became one of the most ambitious and hardworking models in the agency, having appeared on 33 magazine covers within the first year. Wow. That's a lot. 
The agency then worked to get her into acting. In June of 1946, she signed her first contract with 20th Century Fox. Although the head executive wasn't ecstatic about her screen test, um, he gave her the standard six-month contract so that she couldn't be signed by rival studio RKO Pictures. So they were just like, yeah, okay, we'll hire you for six months. We'll throw you in the back room to like lift some stuff. And like, anyway, so her agent suggested she develop a stage name. And he put forth Marilyn because Norma Jean reminded him of Broadway star Marilyn Miller. And Monroe was Norma Jean's mother's maiden name. So in August 1946, Norma Jean was no more. And Marilyn Monroe was born. Oh. Her husband James was not supportive of her career. So she divorced him. I mean, she really married him so not to be in an orphanage anyway. Yes. She's like, see you later, James. Um, Fox enrolled Marilyn in acting, singing, and dancing classes as well as having her observe the filmmaking process. She had some small roles in a few plays and in motion pictures, but she seemed too shy and insecure for the executives. In 1947, her contract was not renewed. I guess they're like, here's a six-month contract. Let's, like, train you and see if you're good. Sure. They didn't think she was. No. She returned to modeling and some odd jobs in the film industry behind the scenes. She was determined to make it as an actress and so continued to study acting even after being let go by Fox, which is kind of like the through line for her in general. No matter what happens, she's like, I'm going to take some acting classes. I'm going to take some acting classes. Oh, look, I'm in New York now. Let's act with this person. She's constantly working, Good. which is like, it's awesome. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, she began to network, frequently visiting the offices of film producers and befriended many influential males of the film industry. Hmm. She became romantically involved with Fox executive Joseph M. I have science, but I can't imagine his last name is science. I can't think, imagine. I think it's probably an autocorrect. Like science. Science. Um, science. He's, uh, Joseph persuaded his friend at Columbia Pictures to sign her in March of 1948. Again, after a couple small roles, she was let go from Columbia Pictures. Aww. Monroe returned to modeling once again and was getting loads of work as a model for numerous reasons. One, she was gorgeous and charismatic. Two, she was quite comfortable posing topless or clad in a bikini or sometimes fully nude. Go on. And therefore got a bunch of work. My gosh. She became the protege of mistress and mistress of Johnny Hyde, vice prince president, vice principal, <laughs> vice president of the William Morris Agency. The William Morris Junior High School. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Through Hyde, she secured some small roles in several films. The difference this time, the films weren't shit. People saw them, and she was noticed as an actually legitimate actress. Oh. Hyde secured her a seven-year contract back at 20th Century Fox. Go Over on. the next decade, Marilyn starred in 30 films. Her biggest hits, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, The Seven-Year Itch, and Some Like It Hot. Her films grossed over $200 million, which is a pretty penny in, For the, then. in the 50s. Yeah. Um, of course, the whole gimmick became, over and over again, the sex symbol, the temptress, the mistress of the leading man in every film, and people loved her for it. Uh, they would do promos for films that was literally just her walking away from a camera in a tight-fitting dress. That would be the promo. They doubled down on the sex sells aspect. There was a bit of a scandal in the early 50s when the media found out about a nude photo shoot she, that she had done, because now she's a bit of a star. Yeah. Marilyn and the studio decided to get out in front of it and just admit that it was true, and the studio suggested that it was a period where Marilyn needed money. And that's why she did it, which is the part I didn't like about it. Like, no. I, I like getting in front of me like, yeah, I did that. Great. Yeah. You want to do a nude photo shoot? You do you. It's Absolutely. your body. Absolutely. But the pressure from the studio would be like, oh, she was desperate. Uh, like, maybe yeah. she was having a good time yeah. and very comfortable. Which it is, seems like the perfect response for the time. Yeah, Like exactly. the times called for that. Right. It's a shame that that had to happen. Though. Right. I mean, at the same time, if you put it on the other 
side of the coin, which I don't want to get into too much, but like the pressure of like feeling that as a woman, she was required to do this to work yeah. her way up. Well, that's it. She spent, right? like you said, the, her entire image as an actress was that scandalous, risque, exactly sexual figure. And whether she liked that and wanted that, if she did, great. We don't know. Yeah. But also like... Whether even if she did, was did she like it because she was sort of forced down that direction because yeah, she was a yeah. woman? Did she did she enjoy it because of the social norms? Exactly. And like right? it taught her to like it, even though she may not, if she had the choice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A, there are no different advances to this. No there one knows none. what anyone's thinking. Well, uh, well, I mean, we actually have Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> here Marilyn, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Please tell us. Please tell us, Marilyn. Yeah. Um, I mean, B, sci- like society was obviously like very, very degrading against women. Millions yeah. of double standards. Like, oh yeah. Oh, we support you for doing this, but also we'll hit you down for doing it. And also, C, I'm a man. I have nothing of note to say on the subject. None. All other than. I support you, women. Yep. That's all I can do. Here for it. Here for it. And you. So, any, thank you. Oh, but you didn't mean me. You meant women, didn't you? Uh, I'm, I'm not here for you, no. I'm here for the women. Right. So, <laughs> anyway. The Jeff Sims story. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what they did. The public's reaction was flooded with respect and sympathy for Marilyn. So, the, oh, okay. the studio's idea worked. At They're least like, it was oh, received poor, well. Poor girl. Oh, uh, but like demeaning and like really. Well, they they respected her in a way for like getting in front, but they were like, she had look what she had to go through, and she persevered. It's okay. like, yeah, but well, maybe I mean, she also just wanted then. to do it. But yeah, 1953 and 1954, Monroe was listed in the annual top ten money making stars poll in the United States. Jeez. And although she was locked into a contract in which her salary wasn't increasing, she became Fox's greatest asset, mm. which is why they did those seven-year contracts. Yeah. Right? We know we'll start making more money on you in years three, four, five, six, seven, and you won't make any more. Yeah. Right? 1953, her persona as a sex symbol was further solicited Solicited? Solidified, I think I meant. When Hugh Hefner featured her on the cover and as centerfold in the first ever issue of Playboy. You stopped. She was the first cover. Yep. The cover image was a photograph taken of her at the Miss America pageant parade, while the centerfold featured one of her 1949 nude photographs from that scandal. She did not consent to the publication. (gasps) They got a hold of the pictures and published them. Oh, no. Yeah. So back then, did she have publication rights? Like, did all that kind of exist back then? I don't know. I didn't see anything about her, like, suing them. But she didn't consent to it. I mean, maybe she wasn't that upset. Maybe she's like, it's more publicity, whatever. I don't know. But she wasn't like, here's the pictures I would like you to use. Marilyn attempted to break away from her persona and branch out to different types of roles. The Fox executives, executives didn't want her to do anything else. She was doing exactly what would make them the most money. They're like, we don't want you to do anything else. This is... You being the sex symbol is what's making Fox huge right now, right? It's so funny. They had her on retainer. Yeah. For seven years. Mm-hmm. Man. Now, she, they, they made her work a lot. She did a lot of films. But yeah. always, like literally if you read the, bio, the, the um, synopses of the movies, it's like, uh, okay. Like yeah. literally. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Then in 54, Marilyn married baseball star Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. They combined their honeymoon with a business trip when Marilyn flew along to Korea by herself to perform for 60,000 U.S. Marines over a four-day period. When she returned, she was awarded Photoplay's Most Popular Female Star. And on her return, she settled her contract with Fox, was promised a bonus of $100,000, and was given the starring role in the film adaptation of the Broadway success, The Seven-Year Itch. So it's like, 
by doing that, getting all the publicity and like the entire army being like, this is the best woman we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, here you go. Um, so we've all seen the picture of Marilyn Monroe wearing that white dress, standing over the subway. Great. Subway goes. The dress blows up. Right? There's yep. a women everywhere. That was the publicity for this film, Seven Year Itch. The publicity stunt put Monroe on international front pages and ended her marriage with Jamaggio, who was infuriated by it. He was upset? Yep. He had always been jealous and controlling from the start, and this was the straw that broke the Joe's back. Ugh. He was physically abusive anyway, so oh, goodbye, Joe. We got to go. Meal see mile. you later. Bye. He comes around later. Is there a man in the 1950s who wasn't abusive? Just saying. I'm not sure. Not very many. Vast majority. Uh, however, don't think too poorly of Joe because he comes around later and he is a little bit of a stand-up guy. Mm. Not at this point, but he turns around a little bit. Okay. After several more disputes with 20th Century Fox, Marilyn and photographer Milton Green founded their own production company in Manhattan, Marilyn Monroe Productions, or MMP. Oop. And that move was actually later considered instrumental in the collapse of the studio system. Because at this point in time, there's like three or four huge companies. MGM, Twin Century Fox, Columbia, whatever. They Warner had the Brothers. Mon- yeah, they had the monopoly on all of the talent. Yep. And would create contracts to spite another company. Like they, when they hired Maryland, they're like, we don't think you're good, but just so somebody else doesn't get you in case you are, we'll hire you. Right? It was all that. Monroe's company and others like it paved the way for small production companies who were free to pursue films of their own choice and help with the beginnings of the independent film industry as a whole. Something to say? Sorry? Do you have something to say? No, I just oh. I just had a weird thought to myself of why wouldn't I kill for that? <laughs> An independent film. Some company? movies some movies some movie studio being like you're not that good, kid, but we'll just grab it just so that nobody else does. <laughs> just in case. We'll put John Retainer for seven You're years. Like, Someone wants me. Uh, once in New York, she continued to study acting again. She took classes at the actor's studio. She's a star by now, meanwhile. Yes. She took classes at the actor's studio with Lee Strasberg and his wife, Paula. This is when she also began undergoing psychoanalysis, as many of us refer today as just therapy. Therapy. Um, her new acting coach, Paula, believed that an actor must confront their emotional traumas and use them in their performances. Which is a bit of a bittersweet thing. Good in the sense that her childhood was seriously messed up and she had to work through a lot of things. So I think therapy was probably a good idea. Yes, but also, whether to use that as a tool to further her career. Yeah, and also like opening all those can of worms up made it very difficult to then work and function as a human. Yes. Um, she began dating actor Marilyn Brando and playwright Arthur Miller. At the same time. I think so. Cool. And most famously, uh, Arthur Miller was the writer of Death of a Salesman. At the time, Arthur Miller was being investigated for allegations of communism. Marilyn's involvement with him and refusal to listen to people who warned her about Arthur prompted the FBI to open a file on her as well. Good. There is a file on Marilyn Monroe. Uh, As for her relationship with 20th Century Fox, in 1955, she finally got the deal she had been fighting for her whole life. She would be paid $400,000 to make four films, which is like on par now with other people. Um, but more importantly, she was granted the right to choose her own projects. They weren't like, you're the dumb blonde again. Um, she could choose her own projects, her own directors, and her own cin- cinematographers. And she also would be free to make one film with MMP for each completed film she did with Fox. Uh, less than a year ago, she was being criticized in the press for fighting the studio. Now she was praised, announcing her big win against the studio, calling her a shrewd businesswoman by Time Magazine. Spy. The media wants it both ways. That's the problem. They so- do. 
They want their cake and eat it too. They do. <clears throat> For the first of her films in a new direction, she chose Bus Stop, where she played a saloon singer whose dreams of stardom are complicated by a naive cowboy who falls in love with her. So, like, basically, she got to be the opposite. Like, she would have normally been the naive girl falling in love with whatever, right? She got to be sort of the power dynamic in the relationship. Nice. She hired Broadway director Joshua Logan, who was skeptical of the project at first, given his knowledge of Marilyn's acting abilities and reputation for being difficult. But let's not forget, this was a woman who was constantly learning. She never stopped taking lessons. She never stopped striving to be better. And so she got better. Mm -hmm. So whatever he thought of her was like in her first couple movies, she was so much better now. Not only was she starring in the film, she was making decisions on cinematography, costumes, and makeup. Afterwards, in an interview, director Joshua Logan actually ate his words and compared her to iconic filmmaker Charlie Chaplin in her ability to blend comedy and tragedy. Oh, my God. I know. The same year, she finally married Arthur Miller, which everyone thought was a horrible idea. The headlines read, Egghead Weds Hourglass. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Uh, Bus Stop was released to critical and commercial success. Critics raved. Monroe's performance dispels once and for all the notion that she is merely a glamour personality. And also, Marilyn Monroe has finally proved herself as an actress. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress for that film. Heck yeah. Next up was perhaps her biggest hit, Some Like It Hot. Marilyn struggled most of her life with tardiness. She had incredible performance anxiety and would often make her late to shooting. She would just be freaking out in the trailer or whatever. The production of this movie has been labeled as legendary. Um, The character was another dumb blonde, but she took it with prompting from her husband and also the offer of 10% of the film's profits on top of her pay. Oh. Apparently, she was a perfectionist during the process, demanding dozens of retakes while at the same time not remembering her lines. (laughs) Great. She and the director constantly feuded on how her character should be played because she took the dumb blonde role but was like over the dumb blonde thing and just like was like this character could be better. Yes. In the end, the director stated anyone can remember lines, but it takes a real artist to come on the set, not know her lines, and yet give the performance that she did. And she won a Golden Globe for Best Actress. By giddy up. Variety called her a comedian with that combination of sex appeal and timing that can't be beat. Some Like It Hot has been voted one of the best films of all time by the BBC and the American Film Institute. Have you seen it? I have not. Would nope. love to watch it, though. I don't watch a lot of, like, 50s movies. No. But, like, the few that I've watched are great. I don't think I've seen any 50s movies, like, at all. Have you seen 12 Angry Men? Not the original, no. Oh, what's the, is there a remake? Nope. Oh, you have seen the original, then? Nope. I'm oh. thinking of Family Guy. Family Guy makes a parody episode about it. <laughs> And that's what I'm thinking. No, the original, just the parody from Family Guy. Just the seven-minute reference they make. It's very good. I heard it's very good. Yeah. Um, After the success of Some Like It Hot, Marilyn took a hiatus for a year. Uh, Marilyn suffered from endometriosis, which is a problem with the cells of the uterine lining. And it actually caused her to experience two miscarriages over the two years of her marriage with um, Arthur Miller. And this seemed to be taking its toll on her mental health. She was prescribed over the years a pharmacy of drugs. Uh, Saporifics, tranquilizers, opiates, speed pills, sleeping pills, nubitol, a great deal of other barbiturates, amitol, sodium, pentothal, soconal, phenobarbital, amphetamines, methamphetamines, dexedrine, benzedrine, and dexamil, a combination of barbiturates and amphetamines used for depression. Opiates, morphine, codeine, percodan, 
the sedative li- uh, Librium and alcohol. She wasn't prescribed alcohol, obviously. She <laughs> needs a nice cold beer, honey. <laughs> Sit down and uh, have a beer. Champagne was a favorite, but she also imbibed, which I love that word, a great deal of sherry, vermouth, and vodka. So, like, not great. No. On her next film, she began having an affair with her co-star, Y-V-E-S. Eves? Yves? V-E-S? Y-V-E-S. I've seen the name Ives? before. Is it Ives? It's Ives. Okay. Just with a Y. Uh, Ives Montand. The film was being written by her now ex-husband, Arthur Miller. Great. And Arthur was seeing the set photographer of the film. He would also rewrite scenes the night before the shoot. Be like, here's the new scene, guys. Here's the new pages, which would drive her crazy. She's like, I didn't know my lines in the first place, and now you're giving me a new script. (laughs) Uh, Not to mention her health was failing. She was in pain from gallstones, and her longtime drug addiction to barbiturates was getting worse. Hmm. Despite this, the director of the film stated that when she was acting... She was not pretending to be an emotion. It was a real thing. She would go down deep within herself and find it and bring it up into consciousness. Which is like impressive. Yeah. It's upon, very vulnerable. Isn't it? Yeah. Upon wrapping this film, she had a cholecystectomy, which is a removal of the gallbladder. Uh, surgery for her endometriosis and spent four weeks in a psychiatric institution for depression. Wow. Her ex-husband, Joe DiMaggio, actually rekindled a friendship with her and helped her out of the depression. While at the same time, introduced her to his friend, Frank Sinatra, who she then dated for a while. Because why not? Why not? Fly me to the moon. Fly me to the moon. Uh, She returned back to the public eye in 1962 and received a world film favorite Golden Globe. Like, not for a movie, just for, like, you've been a favorite of films for years. You've been a favorite of ours for so long. Yes. Here's a Golden Globe. Yeah. Uh, While filming her final film, Something's Got to Give, which remains unfinished to this day, she was allegedly involved Back of the truck. What do you mean unfinished to this day? They canceled it, and it was never finished. Oh, great. But they had started filming. During that time, she was allegedly involved with then-president JFK, Mm. as we all know. On March 24th, 1926, historians agree as the most plausible night that they would have met. Both are thought to have been, and this is where things are shady, like I was saying earlier. Pause, pause. 1926? 62. I was going to say. You (laughs) You said 26. Did I? Yeah, you said 1926. Oh, I full-on dyslexia'd them. I reversed them. Dyslexia'd them. (laughs) I did. Isn't that dyslexia when you see things in reverse and stuff? Yeah, sometimes. I think so. Anyway, 62. Um, so, but yeah, this is like what I was talking about with like the most popular people or powerful people just like paying for things. Yep. This is where things are shady. No one knows if they were both even there. Anyway, that night, both are thought to have been at a party at Bing Crosby's house Mm. at Palm Springs, California, which I picture as like, you know, in the music video for, um, peace on earth, can it be? Oh yeah. When David Bowie walks in, he's like, hey hey there, I'm I'm your new neighbor. He's like, oh, I didn't know we had a neighbor moving in. He's like, yeah, uh, David Bowie. He's like, oh, do you want to sing a song? It's Bing. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like I picture that house. I picture that. Maybe it is, but I picture that being Bing Crosby's house. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like they're just hanging out there next to the piano. And that's how Frank Sinatra walks in. Yeah. Or as JFK at this point. JFK. Right? Yeah. But Frank Sinatra's definitely there. Oh, he's definitely as there. as is Bowie. Yeah. Um, and Ives devised the bills. Boats obviously there as well. Yeah. Marilyn's close friend and Monsieur, like a masseuse but a male. Uh, Ralph Roberts claims that while on the phone with Monroe that weekend, he heard what sounded like Kennedy's voice in the background. Monroe had called to ask for professional massage advice. Kennedy famously had a bad back. And apparently, Kennedy even took the phone to talk to Roberts himself. 
Robert says that Marilyn told me that this night in March was the only time of her affair with JFK. A great many people thought after that there was more to it, but Marilyn gave me the impression that it was not a major event for either of them. It happened once that weekend, and that was that. Like they just had like a one night stand after the party. And he was uh, married. Yeah, and was president. He was married to Jacqueline Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was thought that uh, that was when Marilyn got the invitation to sing at Kennedy's birthday the following month. Happy birthday, Mr. Have you ever watched President. the video? No, but I've oh, watched every Let's, let's watch it tonight. Sure. It's literally a minute and a half. Um, but it's no secret amongst the public that JFK was an incredible womanizer, having numerous affairs and using, I mean, a wonderful president um, in terms of like his thought process and leftist whatever. Like, yeah. Um, um, uh, what are they called? Not Republican, the other one. Democrat. Um, but he would use his charm and influence to seduce women constantly. There's an episode of The Crown where Michael C. Hall plays him. Yes, 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 up, yes. Yeah, he shows he up. He is at, fantastic. He's so good. But he shows up at, he's invited to Buckingham Palace, and it's like, he's so slimy. Didn't we have the opportunity to see him do um, yes. Any Angry Inch, whatever it's called? Yep, we did. Hedwig? Yep. Or was it Neil Patrick? No, no, no. It was Neil Patrick. Yeah, it was Neil Patrick. And but he we did missed do Hedwig, it. right? Yeah, he yeah. opened it, actually. Yeah, right. And we missed yeah. Neil Patrick Harris, which right. is a huge regret of mine. Yeah. Big regret. Yeah, I know. Uh, so on May 19th, Marilyn is literally sewn into a special outfit for the occasion. A Jean-Louis-designed flesh-colored gown embedded with more than 2,500 rhinestones and tailored to hug her curves. The dress was designed to show off her famous figure, but also it gave the illusion that she was naked, covered in rhinestones. So for 1961, a pretty risque thing, 1962 rather, pretty risque thing to wear while singing to the president. When she comes out, she has like this white fur on. Yeah. And she's like really like hugging it around herself while the person introduces her. And he introduces her as the late Marilyn Monroe because it's a joke on how she's always late for everything. But she literally died like not long after. So it was like this really foreboding sort of thing. Uh. Anyway, she's like really hugging this thing. And then when he leaves, she takes it down and he walks away. And the crowd just is like, it's at Madison Square Garden. And everybody's like, because <gasps> they think she's naked covered in rhinestones. And that's why she was like really hugging this thing to her. But okay, it's just like a, right. it's a nude colored dress. Oh my god! Um, so after the performance, JFK joked, "I can retire after having Happy Birthday sung to me in such a sweet, wholesome way." <laughs> well done. Imagine, thank you. I really feel like I can rock that accent. Um, it's just really mundane and bland. Um, imagine being his wife though, sitting there for his forty-fifth birthday. Marilyn Monroe is like. It's kind of yucky. And she, I, I mean, we can all assume his wife knew of the hanky panky. He was dancing yeah. in the shadows. She oh, obviously yeah. knew it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, apparently, after that, JFK and Marilyn never saw each other again. Her final film was canceled, according to the studio, because she was constantly ill and left to go to this presidential um, mid-shooting, presidential birthday. In actual f- <laughs> that was bleak. <laughs> this presidential shooting. I mean, this, this great commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oof. In actual fact, the production was way behind because of constant rewrites, and they used Marilyn as an excuse. Mm. Which now brings us to the night of August 4th, 1962. Marilyn Monroe's housekeeper was staying overnight at her home. She woke at 3 a.m. on August 5th and sensed something was wrong. She saw a light under Monroe's bedroom door, but didn't get any response from Marilyn when she knocked on the door, and the door was locked. She called Marilyn's psychiatrist, who arrived at the house shortly after, 
broke into the bedroom through a window and found Marilyn dead in her bed. The toxicology report showed that cause of death was acute barbiturate poisoning. Uh, empty medicine bottles were found next to her bedside. The possibility of her accidentally overdosing was ruled out given that she had several times the least lethal, lethal limit in her bloodstream. Apparently, suicide rates in Los Angeles doubled the month after she died. People are like, it's okay to kill ourselves. Well, or also like, I'm sad because she was my idol or whatever. Um, like, I think it just kind of, like it just. Well, I, I'm not going to speak about that, but yeah, probably. Yeah. Who's this yeah. Um, and also, what else doubled the circulation of most newspapers because it was like the headline everywhere. Mm-hmm. Her funeral was private and attended only by her closest associates, associates, and made international headlines and shocked the world. Now it's time for some conspiracies. In the Hollywood system, stars were protected at all costs, even if they were dead. In many cases, studio fixers showed up at the scene of a crime before police to make sure everything was presentable. That is shocking. Uh Uh-huh. There's no evidence that anyone from 20th Century Fox was at her home that morning, but when the police arrived, the housekeeper was washing the sheets. As well, during her autopsy, no capsules were found in her stomach from, like, the pills that she would have taken. Wouldn't they have dissolved? Isn't that the point of the capsule? I don't know. And her body bore bruises consistent with a physical altercation. As well, the deputy coroner at the time insisted that he signed the star's death certificate under duress. Then, of course, there's the question of, did the Kennedys have Marilyn killed? Let's not forget, less than a year later, JFK is assassinated. We've done that one. Um, But anti-communist Frank A. Capel published a pamphlet claiming that Monroe had been shunned by JFK and Bobby Kennedy, and she threatened to expose them both as being comrades. He believed that Robert Kennedy wanted to overthrow the government from the inside, and so they killed her to keep her quiet. That one feels like a stretch to me. I don't think the Kennedys are Russians. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Biography of Marilyn Monroe, or biographer of Marilyn Monroe, Norma Mailer, thinks that she was taken out by FBI or CIA who wanted to make a point of pressure against the Kennedy family. There were rumors that after the affair with JFK, Marilyn was actually interested in her brother Bobby and actually had also had a relationship with Bobby. In order to embarrass the Kennedys after the nightmare of the Bay of Pigs invasion, the CIA wanted to um, embarrass the Kennedys and therefore killed uh, Monroe to make it look like a suicide um, that over the unrequited love of Bobby. So really just to like really put the nail in the coffin, like, oh yeah, you were sleeping with her. And that's why she killed herself. Just to like really just tarnish their name. That's a stretch. I mean, I think they're all a little bit of a stretch. Uh, there's also a question of Jimmy Hoffa's involvement. He was the head of the Teamsters. Um, the government was making accusations that Hoffa was using pension funds to make payments to the mob. He fought this not because it wasn't true, but because he believed that the Kennedy family, um, and Bobby Kennedy was the district attorney, attorney general, something like this, at the time. So he was the one actually prosecuting the case against Jimmy Hoffa. Great. Um, but Hoffa believed that the Kennedys made their money in bootlegging. So something that Hoffa went after Marilyn as a way to punish the Kennedys because they, he thought they were hypocrites. Also, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And finally, if you don't believe those, <laughs> in 2017, a documentary titled Unacknowledged claimed to have access to recordings of a phone call between Monroe and Bobby Kennedy in which the two spoke about the president visiting a base in New Mexico to inspect things from outer space. 
Oh. UFOologist Stephen Greer believes that CIA killed Monroe and pressured the coroner to declare it a suicide in order to keep secrets about Area 51 hidden. Great. That is the one I believe. Yeah. Fact. Uh, fact. Market on a rock. Marilyn Monroe, according to the Guide to United States Popular Culture, was an icon of American popular culture. Monroe's few rivals in popularity include Elvis Presley and Mickey Mouse. No other star ever inspired such a wide range of emotion. The American Film Institute named her the sixth greatest female screen legend in American film history. The Smithsonian Institution included her on their list of 100 most significant Americans of all time. Legendary film critic Roger Ebert wrote, Monroe's eccentricity and neuroses on sets became notorious, but studios put up with her long after any other actress would have been blackballed because what they got back on the screen was magical. Academic Sarah Churchwell writes about Marilyn, the biggest myth is that she was dumb. The second is that she was fragile. The third is that she couldn't act. The dumb blonde was a role. She was an actress, such a good actress that no one believed she was anything but what she portrayed on screen. Which is like, yeah, seriously. Just so good at her craft. So good at her craft, but also like, wasn't at the beginning like yeah. her first screen test was shit yeah and she's like i want to be an actress it's the perfect growth story she yeah. started from an abused yeah. small childhood parents abandoned her went yeah. through foster care yeah married a 15 to a loser yeah but she's like i want to be an actress oh i'm not good okay rather than being like oh, i'm i'm good she's like no, no no i'll keep working yeah i'll keep working once i'm making a hundred thousand per film and i'll still keep working yep it's amazing there's hope for us both. <laughs> I mean, we're not hard enough workers. I don't think that's the problem. Nor, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, buddy. Also, I wouldn't describe myself as a bombshell. Now, you, on the other hand. Well, listen, you, you haven't seen me in a white dress. Dye that, dye that hair platinum blonde. Yeah. There's, there's the world's going to open up for you, bud. Yep. You're not wrong. And that's another exciting episode of Splaining the Podcast. Oh, my Lord. Volcanoes and Marilyn Monroe. Both bombshells. Oh, uh! <laughs> what a great time we had tonight and we did what you guys seem to have missed was the um we'll call it 27 minutes of utter anxiety that the two of us had anxiety we- isn't even a large enough word jeff well there was anger anxiety stress i thought you were calm in the situation well i just sat there and plotted how i was going to kill you i mean okay so here's what happened we took our break I wanted to move the ad for Pete over to where, like, the break was. Just in advance. Just prep, you know, be ready. Yep. Somehow, the audio for both of our tracks got deleted. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Whatever. Edit on do. That's what I, you know, whenever you screw anything up on GarageBand, edit on do. Didn't work. Nope. No matter what I did, redo, undo a million times, nothing was working. Yep. Stupid, stupid long story short that ended about 27 minutes later. Yeah. He found the audio clips. Oh, I had to go in through this weird garage band show inspection, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And yeah. then it was there. It wouldn't. Anyway. But the, the entire time we were sitting there thinking, oh my God, we have to do the entire first part about volcanoes and again. And I had to pretend to be interested. You had to pretend to be interested Which the I, first I mean, time. I did the first time. Yeah. yeah. The second time would be even harder. Yeah, because now I'm more tired and drunk. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, we're glad that we found it. We hope you enjoyed that first half. <laughs> because it almost didn't exist. It almost didn't exist. Neither did our friendship. No. 
No. But thank you for listening. And as always, please head to Facebook and Instagram. Like, share, comment. We've started something new called Quick Explain Sundays. Yeah, yo. We love sharing your responses. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Benny is constantly entertained by your wrong answers only. So <laughs> please engage, like, comment, and share on our social media. Please do. As well, um, if you have a business or something that you are passionate about that you would like us to share for you, we are happy to do so. We've got that little ad section, which apparently causes catastrophes. Catastrophes. But we'll take that risk for you, listeners. Mm-hmm. Email us at info.splanet.com, and you can do the same thing if you have a topic for us. Same place, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. Actually, really genuinely, and then heard it after I said it. No, no. All right, next. Oh, god damn. Easter egg. Yep.